I'm Emily Goff, a podcasting coach, lifestyle entrepreneur, and a Canadian with a sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using stories to connect with and positively impact others. Here on the Room to Grow podcast, we're going deep into big topics like relationships, mental health, business, confidence, lifestyle, personal development, and entrepreneurship, and being open, honest, and real about how to learn from tough lessons along the way when life throws you into the unexpected. I bring you thoughts and guests with stories that will change the way you look at the world and yourself so that we can learn from each other and grow with lots of self-love and compassion every step of the way. There's always more room to grow. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And this is a special bonus episode of a podcast interview that I was interviewed on, on my friend Kieran's podcast, The Pocket Coach. So I've never done this before. I've actually been interviewed for a huge number of podcasts, um, but I have never reshared any of them on my own podcast here on Room to Grow. But I, I teach people, I, I teach my students how to become better interviewers. And Kieran absolutely blew me away with his abilities as an interviewer and to pull so much information out of me. So it, Kieran wanted to learn more about my personal story, um, some of the lessons that I pulled from that and more about uh, the infidelity that I have spoken about quite openly. And I ended up sharing far more on uh, his, this episode with him than I have anywhere else. Um, even with all the, the other interviews I've done and everything else. And Kieran just has this incredibly, uh, this incredible ability to not only listen, but to ask really fantastic questions. And I am such a sucker for a really good question. So I wanted to be able to share this with you guys. And I was just so honored that Kieran invited me on um, as well today on the Room to Grow podcast, episode 203. You can also catch Kieran uh, being interviewed by me. And we have a, a really incredible discussion around some very heavy topics. Um, some really taboo issues that Karen has been kind enough and gracious enough to be very open about. And I think that it's really important to creating more change around some of those areas. So I'm so grateful to Kieran for having me on. Um, you can also catch this episode, the same episode over on his podcast, The Pocket Coach. It originally aired on April 12th, 2020. And please share this episode with someone that you think needs to hear it. Singing What's going on guys? Kieran Headley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast. So I'm actually here with a brand new friend, Emily Gow. She came to my birthday party dinner last night, so you know she's special. Okay. <laughs> I do feel very special. Uh, oh good, there you go. Uh, and literally the moment I met her, she has such an energy about her that just go, I literally said to my friend after I met her, she has done some work. Like Aww. that's literally what I said to Sarah um, on the bike ride home after dinner. And it just it was just so clear that you'd done that work and it was it's so impressive to see how genuinely the bout of a laugh that you have that comes through it's, it's brilliant it's just like it reverberates everywhere so and it just erupts in but it's so genuine it's not coming from this like oh look at me like you know what i mean i need the attention it's genuine yeah and that goes to show um and that's why i said that you've done so much work so she is a podcast coach i've actually never met a podcast coach that's pretty cool and um, her podcast room to grow has done incredibly well uh it's based around there's a big base around mental health on it and with a very key aspect as to what she's been through herself so i'm very excited to actually introduce emily gal and introduce the opportunity to, to listen to a story as to how she overcame something that unfortunately is more common than what people think 
but it's very, very traumatic and uh, it's just a very powerful story. So without further ado, hello, Lily. Hi. How are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, and quite the introduction. Yeah. I'm honored. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so please introduce a little bit more about your podcast so that um, audience can hear before we get into it, just so people have a good feel of exactly what you do. Sure. Yeah. Mm. So the podcast is really about like mental health, relationships, kind of lifestyle stuff. Um, it's grown and evolved with me, hence the room to grow name. Mm. <laughs> and there's also aspects of it. I also do business episodes. So where it's kind of focused more on building a business and podcasting and stuff like that. But, um, I kind of have like two audiences. Like I have people who come to me for both and then I have people who come to me for one or the other. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of like personal growth type of stuff on it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> made top 200 and what? Yeah, it, it often hits the, it consistently hits the top 200 uh, on Apple for mental health. It's that main category. incredible. Yeah, you know, it still blows uh, me away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, very cool. So that, that really speaks volumes about a message because people clearly need to resonate with that in order for that to be possible. So without further ado, I want to dive deeper into a little bit more about the podcast and specifically an episode that stood out to me. <laughs> like the moment you said, um, I want you to repeat the name because I don't want to get it wrong. Okay. Yeah. So it's uh, episode 117 and it's the nine year affair lessons in infidelity. Boom. And I think that speaks volumes <laughs> alone. <laughs> pretty well sums it yeah, up. <laughs> literally the nine year affair. And I want to bring a highlight of that. And I want, can you, if it's okay with you, if you can bring in a little bit of that story, a snippet of that story, because that's going to lead us into exactly where we're going to go with this podcast. Of course. So do you mind just starting from when you started to realize, uh, well, the situation. When right? I got punched yeah. in the face with it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, please. So um, start a little bit more about maybe a background of the relationship. Yeah. And then, yeah, lead into that. Yeah. So uh, my partner and I had been together for, for nine years. Mm. Um, we had a, a really great relationship by, by mm. most people's standards, uh, even by our own standards, as far as I could tell. Mm. Um, and it, it was kind of one of those relationships where people would look at us and there, there were people who kind of put us a little bit up on a pedestal, kind of the everyone often will have those couples in, in your life where you want to be more like that couple where you see them doing doing the work or doing really good things and treating each other really well. And we were kind of that couple to mm. a lot of people. And then uh, things had, had started to get a little bit odd in the last six months or so of the relationship. Okay. It was just kind of, he was bailing on some things. Um, but I kept being told that things would change. And it seemed like relatively basic things like just spending more time together. That That's kind of one of my love languages is, is quality time. And he was gone a lot. He was working like really late hours. Uh, nothing super atypical overall, but it was, it was adding up. And I just couldn't really understand what was happening. Um, he, we had, you know, decided to get married within six, six or so months. And he kept putting off the proposal. I would literally get told I'm proposing this week and it wouldn't happen. And I was just, I was so confused because he was telling me that this is what he wanted. We were having what I believe to be very open, clear communication about it. And he, he would say hands down that that was what he wanted. And okay. So I'm being told one thing, but then something else is like mm. the, these pieces aren't lining up and yeah. I couldn't really understand what was going on. So of course things were adding up, but while things were adding up, what was going on within you? I was, I was getting increasingly anxious mm. to the point I've always struggled um within that relationship it sometimes i'm not sure exactly when my anxiety began because i think that to some degree a lot of us just tend to get more anxious as we get older 
that that certainly isn't like a blanket statement, but I think that that can happen. You know, you have more responsibilities, oh, you have more things coming up. Yeah. Um, so when he and I started dating, I was early twenties, I guess, uh, 2022, 20, 23. Um, so I probably just wasn't as anxious. I was never really an anxious person at that point to begin with. So then I'm like, okay, how much of that, how much of my increasing anxiety was tied to him and how much of it was just me and my mm. own stuff. And I would have these these questions come up sometimes where there would be little snippets or situations where I would question if I trusted him. And I would say to myself, well, you either trust him or you don't. So I chose to trust him because a lot of times I would just chalk any of those situations up to my own insecurities. And I would think, okay, this must just be me. I have something to work on. It's it's shining a light on something that I need to figure mm. out. This isn't about him. I'm but not everyone realizes that. So what was yeah. key for you to help you start to realize those things within that relationship? Um, part of it was that if I brought up certain things, I think occasionally he would kind of turn it around on me, mm. and I would agree with him because that's you know that that's what good couples do just in terms of um, shining a light maybe in the dark places mm. in the other person on things that need to be worked on. Whether we want to hear it or not, yeah. <laughs> sometimes that's going to happen. So in some ways I almost appreciated that about him because it really forced me to grow as a person and, and to have those uncomfortable conversations where I would be like, okay, I, you're right. This mm. probably is coming from me and old trust issues from, from old boyfriends who had not treated me well and all of those things. So I clearly need to work on this. Mm. And I think after, you know, we've just a couple of those conversations, um, I would just kind of jump to the conclusion of it being me yeah. anyway, without him even being involved in that conversation. Right. So, and, and a lot of us do need to work on those things, right? Totally. That, that didn't seem out of the realm. I mean, a lot yeah. of it, we all have work to do. Yeah. We all have healing to do all the time in various mm. areas. And it's so it was this a two-way street where it's kind of yeah. like hey you, uh, i think that you should work on this yeah cool. yeah to so some degree then how like, did you go about there. that communication because of course it can be quite fearsome for someone to initiate yes. that sort of statement of like hey like i i don't want to trigger you but <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well and i would always back off a little bit because mm. when i would uh, one of the issues that we would have would be he had an ex-girlfriend mm. who would keep popping up every right every year maybe every two years like once in a while yeah and i couldn't understand why and i, I couldn't figure it out we would have entire conversations about she was our biggest trigger point throughout mm. our entire relationship wow. it got to a point where like we it we didn't even really like saying her name because it held so much old hurt for us that um it, it was it was a difficult conversation to have and he would say he would turn it around on me sometimes and he would say do you trust me because he'd say if, if you don't trust me we don't have a relationship and again i agreed with him because i think that's true you can't have a good relationship without trust and i would think about it and then i would pose the question to myself do you trust him or, or don't you I'm like no i do trust him because mm. look at all of these other like amazing things he does for me and for the relationship and how much work he puts into the, our relationship this is not wow. a man who is out there fucking around yeah. <laughs> that's not how this is coming across. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you had the punch in the face. I had the punch in the face. Yeah. Not literal, uh, ah, to be clear. Yeah, Not yeah, literal, yeah, but it yeah. felt like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I always feel like this is like a, it was a dark and stormy night. Uh, Christmas Eve of 2018, um, I, I had received a bunch of DMs under a fake account on Instagram. 
and it had actually been sent a few days before Christmas Eve, but I hadn't seen them. I hadn't been on Instagram at all uh, over the weekend. I turned off all social media, come back online, and there's this fake account who is who has been created by this ex girlfriend who kept coming up over the years, and it's dozens of screenshots of text messages between her and my partner. Um, she informed me that she had photos if I wanted to see more as well. She was telling me all of these things that have been going on for the previous nine years. Or uh, so she, nine years. she knew all about you? Yes, okay. she knew all about me. Wow. And, and as soon as I saw this account, this account had also been asking weird questions on, on my Instagram posts the last couple of months. Um, there had been another fake account that I had found out about six months earlier that had been her. And I just couldn't understand it. I was like, "Is how has it been almost a decade and this girl hasn't moved on? And she would be painted to me as crazy, obsessive, can't get over me. Uh, all, of these, all these different things really painted as like this really sad human who can't function without him. And even though he was telling me that he had no actual involvement mm. with her whatsoever, that he wasn't even speaking to her, that was how she was being painted to me. Mm. And when she popped up, the six months prior that was again laid out for me um that story and i was having a hard time believing it at that point because i i thought i don't really know anyone who would hang on to an old relationship like this for 10 like nearly 10 years without being fed something yeah totally it seemed really off and my intuition was throwing up all kinds of red flags we had already been seeing a couples counselor for months prior to that so we took that situation to her. Yeah. And was that she, because of the anxiety and the yeah, and yeah. It was it was kind of like more maintenance type mm. of. We're like you know we've been together a really long time and there's there's work to do because there's always work to do. Mm. And he had actually really pushed that uh, a lot. Wow. There were there were points where I was like you know I, I feel like we're pretty good. Should we keep going? He's like yeah yeah, yeah I want to go. Okay. So we cool. kept going. <laughs> so I we does this other situation we took and she's like. You know, I feel like you're being gaslighted by this girl. Um, doesn't really make sense. And to my therapist credit, she's very bright, very intelligent. I still see her on a personal level. Um, so she was That's being incredible. kind of had, having the wool pulled over her eyes as well. <laughs> and so then this, I, back to Christmas Eve, I feel like I'm like telling things out of order, but back to Christmas Eve, get all these messages, things are being denied to me, yeah. left, right, and center. And I start um, going through his email with permission. He and I were to sitting together, going through his email, a couple emails where he's, you know, telling telling her that he loved her. One point when we were on vacation. Uh, so how did you get to this her. point where you actually had his permission to go onto his email? Well, I, I held up these messages. He was about it. He yeah. Was like, yeah. And I held up these messages and he didn't really know what to say. Oh, I see. And I said, pull up your email right now. Right. Like we're kind of at the point where you don't get a say in this anymore. Yeah. Pull up your email. I said, pull up your phone records, the whole situation. And just, it, there was like a three hour phone call to her one day, like a few days earlier. Uh, he'd gone to a wedding with her and stayed overnight at her house just a couple weeks prior. And I remembered that night quite clearly because he told me he was staying overnight with some buddies for a guy's Christmas party. Like yeah. it was just one thing after another. I'd gone uh, to Florida for a business conference a month and a half earlier and he had spent four days at her house. Wow. And when I came back from that business conference, there were, <laughs> so there were some dirty dishes out in the kitchen when I left. And when I came back, every single dish was still in the exact same place and literally nothing had moved. Wow. And I, I said, 
what, what have you eaten for four days? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't really care if I came back to a sink full of dirty dishes. I was yeah. just like, nothing has, not a single fork it has moved. And he said that he had just kept washing the same uh, dish and whatever, like, and that he'd eaten out a lot, which I, that didn't surprise me that he'd eaten out a lot. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, you leave a man to his own devices yeah. often. <laughs> He'll just like eat out, right? Not all, yeah. the, all the men, but... Um, I, this is when people when people say to me, "Did you see the signs?" Mm. Uh, hindsight is always twenty twenty. You yeah. always see the signs when you're looking back. Yeah. But when you're living it, it's very different because the things that are being told to me were still logical. Yeah. Even though I was getting these huge hits of something is off, yeah. and I would actually say to him sometimes flat out, I said, "I feel like I'm not getting the full story." Mm. And he would say, "I." I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. This, this is what happened. Right. But okay. straight to your face as well. Yeah. And then yeah. I would come back to the question. You either trust him or you don't. Mm. Okay. I am going to trust him. And I don't regret that because yeah. I, I will always prefer to be someone who trusts and someone who doesn't trust at all. Yeah. Because that's an incredibly sad way to live. Yeah. It's beautiful. And You've still been able to take that away after this experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I think that there are a lot of people out there who will go through something like this and it will they'll never want to trust anybody and i yeah. understand that instinct mm. i absolutely understand that instinct but how do you want to live your life yeah. is what it has to come down to so the rest of the punch in the face came like a few hours later when she came banging down our door uh at eight o'clock on christmas eve <laughs> and continued to verbally lay out all kinds of things that i had never heard before but at this point, was I was, he there with you? yeah, oh, so it was okay. literally three of us standing with wow. all within about two feet of each other because I, she was like, it, it, it was, <laughs> it was a nightmare. She was standing like yelling in the driveway at us. Uh, then I said, fine, just come in. Um, my partner at the time was like, really, we're doing this. I'm like, I, what the fuck else do you want to do? <laughs> I'm not going to continue to ever yell in the street. Uh, yeah. So yeah, invited her in for I almost had blackout about how long it was. I don't think it was more than 15 minutes. I, in fact, I'm almost certain of it, but mm -hmm. it could have also been only five. I don't mm -hmm. really remember, but I, I just was agreeing with everything she was saying when she would say, did you know this or did you know this? And I just kept saying yes, because I didn't, I didn't know what else to say. And I also didn't want to give up my power yeah. of, you know, more than me. Um, so I continued to agree, got her out of the house. We closed the door and he looked at me and he said, I think I just gave you your first book. Ah. <laughs> That's true. You did. Yeah. yeah. I was shockingly calm throughout this. I have always been someone who's uh, been a bit of a hothead and kind of fiery temper. Shockingly calm. And I remember mm. thinking to myself, am I maturing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what's happening here? Yeah. yeah. Mature and just evolved. <laughs> That's right. Just evolved like in an instant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think allowed you in that moment to be calm and clear? I, I think it was uh, largely pure shock. Okay. Like actual, it, you know how when they talk about people going in shock after a car accident or something, where it's the actual physical, emotional, and mental reaction of true shock? I think that was it. Okay. Because I couldn't, I couldn't physically wrap my head around the fact that this man who had been in a lot of ways I had held up as kind of the ultimate partner and mm. a lot of other people had kind of held him up as the ultimate partner was capable of doing this. Yeah. Like this was a completely different life to some degree. And they, they hadn't been together the entire time. It'd been on and off. Um, 
and don't make any mistake, she had been lied to just as much or more than I had been. But he, yeah. I mean, for anyone who wants to listen to more details, I go into more in like that one episode on my podcast, so I'm sure you can link it up. Um, but it, he had been trying to tell her for the previous six months that uh, we were broken up, that right. I was blocking the sale of our house, that I wasn't letting our real estate agent in. Wow. Um, meanwhile, I was just sitting there living my life, yeah. like not knowing that anything was happening. Totally. She had been uh, following... She'd be like, fully blindsided. Yeah, yeah, like she'd been following me online under various fake accounts, stalking me, listening to every podcast. Um, this was all displayed like in the text messages between them. She'd been driving by our home. And he would see her sometimes through the window. They would have a text conversation while he and her are making dinner together. <laughs> it was just, yeah, yeah blindsided was, would be putting it mildly. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like there was um, two walls either side of your vision. Yeah. You know? So you wouldn't be able to see right, not left, just straight ahead where he was wanting you to look. Yes. Yeah. And then there were other details that came out later, like finding out about the secret house 170 yeah. meters from our driveway. Like... Uh, it yeah <laughs> it's still mind-blowing to me i've had so many moments um right from the very beginning of thinking when did my life become a movie like this is not what what i signed up for yeah. I, i'm a very straight to the point direct non-dramatic person and i would lie in bed some nights going how did my life turn into this mm. i i don't understand how this has happened did you start creating conclusions as to maybe what created um the, the situation that unfolded I think that, I mean, part of... Because, of course, at the end of the day, you're not him, so it's not like you. You're yeah. Him, so I'm sure you've made some assumptions. Or... Of course. Well, in that, I, I think that whenever you have a really significant situation like this, a lot of times it will shine a light on something that you need to heal. Mm. And something that somebody said to me was, um, what is it that is missing in you? Or why, do you, why did you tolerate being in a relationship with someone who lied to you? And I still don't have the answer to that question because that's something I'm still working on because I didn't know I was being lied to, but at the same time, my gut instinct was screaming at me because within days of ending this relationship, my anxiety lifted completely. I was heartbroken. I could barely even move and I didn't even eat anything for two weeks, but my anxiety lifted. And that was very fascinating because I didn't realize just how much it had been crippling me until it was gone yeah. and then I, I thought oh my god I feel like a different person so that was really really fascinating my periods even regulated for the first time in years this is a lot a about month. the stress that you're under yes yeah, yeah. this is um, I, I work with a lot of women and this is actually something that's very um, a very big issue is actually irregular periods when Absolutely. it comes to stress yeah, yeah and mm. it's it, I had no idea the stress that I was under until I told it to pack up and leave and literally <laughs> And when he left, the anxiety left with him. Not to say that I don't still get anxious. I of absolutely course. do. Well, and I think we all do. Yeah, we all <laughs> like get anxiety sometimes. Uh, yeah. But that, that heavy, constant anxiety that was with me all the time, it lifted. Man. Yeah. And I actually want, I really, really want to acknowledge two things, two beautiful things you've said that, uh, and really highlight them. The first one is I'm still working on it. Yes. That was so incredible because oh someone that has come so far to be able to say that speaks volumes to those that are listening, uh, to those that maybe are wanting to enter that field of that space of learning um, to heal, or maybe those that have come very far and have in their mind that they're healed. And this is something that I really like to come away from. 
there's no healed right At no the the day, no no human healing. is healed to, exactly, yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um especially because i'm sorry i, please, I just interrupted please. you for a quick sec go for it i think that some people look at the fact that like you and i are recording this only a year later mm. and and i came out with a lot of this only eight months after it happened and i think a lot of people look at me and and people have actually said to me you know how have you done this so fast mm. like how have you come through this so fast and I said, but I'm, I'm still in it. Yeah. Like I'm still doing the work. I'm, I'm not fully hundred percent healed. I can talk no. about it without crying. I can, yeah. you know, like discuss it openly. And I have done a lot of work, uh, to get to this point, Clearly. but there's still more to do. There's because there's always going to be more to do. You're never going to hit the point of just being done with the work. Yeah. There's always going to be more things coming up. You'll get into another relationship that shines a light on something else that needs to be addressed totally. or yeah, there's this always going to be so more. vital because at the end of the day, especially as a human being, if I had a ceiling, I'm going to figure out a way to break through the ceiling. Of course. Otherwise, I'm going to be very, I'm going to feel very insignificant. Yeah. I'm going to feel like I'm not growing the same pace as someone else. And therefore, I'm going to create this sense of unworthiness within myself. Uh, and I've done this so many times, but it's something that I allowed my ego to enter and therefore inhibiting my growth. For example, when it came to, uh, yeah, in certain relationships or when it came to in certain sports situations or when it came to... Uh, just anything really uh, where I thought that um, if I allowed my ego to take place uh, to make myself feel better about a situation then it actually inhibited my ability to grow because I wasn't looking at the issue authentically yeah, yeah. I mean so you said that's why I said you, you said it perfectly because the fact that you've been able to come so far yet still be able to acknowledge that no I'm still working on anxiety I'm still healing from the situation even though I've actually been able to host a podcast that is into the top 200 of mental health uh, many times and being able to say that in an authentic way many people especially people like coaches and in their own right uh can feel a sense of worry about being authentic about that, that those sort of things because there might be the worry of will these people want to work with me if i'm authentic about man i still struggle yeah because <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day if i end up being mr perfect or miss perfect right then people will want to work with me but I've definitely found that to be not the case. Uh, I talk about that a lot yeah. sometimes too, because I think that a lot of times people, especially in the online space and mm. stuff, you, you don't want to be seen as less than, mm. and a lot of people will make the mistake. This could be argued even from like an actual business standpoint yeah. of putting themselves on the pedestal totally, and then you're no longer relatable No, because people can't, people can't connect to you up on the pedestal. They need to see that you're human totally, and they, they need to understand that, that you struggle too, that you have your own issues that you're dealing with, that you are still figuring things out. And when you're talking down at people, they're not going to be able to connect with you. Totally. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. I even actually um, met a girl yesterday um, who I met after my talk. She came to me and wanted to speak, to speak about a bit of my anxiety and loneliness. And uh, when I met with her, um, it was just this literally about, 45 minutes of her just crying and mm -hmm. coming to realizations of like, so I'm allowed to feel sad. So I'm allowed to feel like, cause it's almost like, um, she'd created this idea in her head because her friends had been like, you look so happy now. Like you're, you know, you're, you're enjoying life. You're in Bali or sort of thing. And, um, it's almost like she created this idea that she wasn't allowed to feel sad because, uh, yeah. So, she was, so yeah, yeah. So yeah. definitely inhibited her ability to actually work on the things that she actually came here intending to work on. Yeah. Um, so it was all, all of a sudden this like understanding of like, oh, I'm actually allowed to um, be low. I'm actually allowed to be sad. I'm actually allowed to experience this loneliness. Um, I talk about that a lot too mm. because like people, even when I back, went back to Canada at Christmas, uh, even people close to me 
we're, I was shocked by this. We're saying, oh, you know, you look so happy every single day on Instagram stories. And I'm like, okay, I just, just because I don't post myself on Instagram stories crying yeah. <laughs> doesn't mean that like, I mean, because there, there have to be boundaries too. Yeah. And I also, uh, this is always kind of a dance is showing up in a really genuine way while also not wanting to bring negative energy and mm. bring other people down because I can be having a really shit day but I don't want to project that onto somebody else. Totally. And I think that that's something that all of us struggle with on a basically daily basis, whether you have you know an online presence or, or mm. whatever, it's that's why a lot of people don't seek help mm. because they don't want to bring somebody else down. Totally. They'll they don't use want to be that a as a reason. I exactly. All the time. Yes, yeah. you don't want to be a burden on somebody else. You don't mm. want to like drag drag down their day or whatever. And that's kind of something I deal with too, because on Instagram stories, like I'll show up bubbly and whatever, and that is me. Like, oh, absolutely. People, yeah, people will meet me, yeah, and, yeah. and they're yeah. like, "You are exactly how you show up." Mm. But I can also have days where I don't really even feel like getting out of bed, and totally. I'm having a, a, such a hard time. But I'm not gonna Instagram story from bed, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> "Hey guys, I'm crying today." Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. gonna happen. Yeah, Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I can show up and say, you know, I'm having kind of a tough time right now, and mm. I have, but I'm not going to. I think that sometimes we need to still protect our vulnerability to some degree uh, when it comes to posting things socially. Yeah, like, totally. Like, I wouldn't be open because we need to still protect like that sacred part of ourselves mm. too. Like to just have something for either just ourselves and or just our, our loved ones, like the people in our closest inner circle. Totally. That doesn't, you don't need to share yeah. some of that on social media. Yeah. Like yeah. from my end, especially because I bring a big story around depression mm-hmm. um, into the light. So I'll definitely talk about those experiences where I might be, you know, lying in my bed, like, Hey guys, <laughs> from my bed. Yeah. Um, but on the other end, there's a, there's a, um, what you just pointed out about the family experiences There's actually quite a few, um, quite a lot of tight knit, things within my family that uh it wouldn't be right for me to actually yeah. uh project that into uh, the world so yeah that's that's definitely uh i completely agree and i just really want to highlight that for the people listening that uh just because the coach or the self-love guru or whatever um on instagram or on even on podcast or whatever you're following especially tiktok now right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm jumping on that wagon <laughs> i still need to get on board with tiktok i have an account but i don't know what to do with it <laughs> yeah, yeah i posted a few bubble videos so. um is the fact that whether it's them being authentic or inauthentic there's always going to be something in the background that isn't going to be shown completely at the end of the day i don't project my entire 15 hours to 18 hours i'm actually awake in this world um onto instagram so there's a lot of the things that occur that bring up stress bring up anxiety uh bring me down a little bit fluctuate the emotion uh mine might go a little bit crazy right these things are going to happen on the on a on a on a whether it's a frequent or infrequent basis it still happens yeah um and this is I'm a human being. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it happens. Uh, so it's understanding that this is completely normal. Um, so I think that's really beautiful that um, that you're willing to speak about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially coming from um, the experience that you've had. So I actually want to sort of bring that back around because I sort of I know we sort of went on a tangent. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to bring that back to a tangent on now talking about that authenticity. Um, and you um, clearly obviously needing to be authentic with yourself in order to be able to grow through uh, the experience that you've had. So on the topic of authenticity, what 
shine for you within yourself post situation post experience what shine through within yourself what came up within yourself oh that's a good question mm. um i think that i particularly once i got out from the geographical constraints of that situation um because i i left canada to come to bali but it, that wasn't for about six months because we had a house together. We mm. did some renovations in the house. We sold the house. So it wasn't until I had to wait until all of that was done before I could leave. And when I left, um, it kind of felt as though the, the fog was lifting Yeah. and that I felt more like myself than I had felt like in years. And I didn't, Again, I didn't know that was missing. Like yeah. you don't know what something is missing and until until either it's gone or until something else changes to really highlight like what you've been ignoring. Mm. And I had been ignoring that that I had I'd been pushing down a lot of myself yeah. to be the person that I needed to be in that relationship right. and that had involved cutting out parts of me to make the relationship survive. And did you almost feel like you normalized that for yourself? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I completely normalized it that that was, and I think all of us do that, that it's, you know, you, you create your own normal. Oh man. Loneliness used to be normal for me. Exactly. Exactly. And we, we all will then have those moments of, of thinking that that's normal and it's not until something comes in and shakes it up or we step out Mm. and step out of our comfort zone into something new. It's like, wow, there's this whole other part of me this whole other side of me that Mm. I didn't even know was there it was there all along we just didn't allow it to come through Mm. and to shine yeah okay now what shifted during this experience what do you think shifted during this experience and what allowed for those shifts uh after the experience uh so you mean like more immediately afterwards or kind of as I was so stepping in more immediately afterwards, because I wanted to sort of talk to the people that might be going through a situation, mm-hmm. might be experiencing some sort of trauma in some sort of way. Uh, what did you do that might highlight uh, for others to sort of look at as maybe inspiration, maybe to bring some ideas uh, in terms of maybe what you started to work on within yourself, what you did uh, practically that allowed you to start shifting some of those things. One thing that I thought of right away was this is not the end of the book. Wow. This is like chapter 10 of 60, 68. Mm. Like there's, there's so much more to go. Mm. Um, really recognizing that this feeling wasn't going to last forever. Yeah. That I wasn't going to feel that way forever. And it's not always as easy as booking a plane ticket to Bali. So, you know, you have something to look forward to in six months, right? Totally. Like I tell people, you know, book something like tomorrow or next day yeah. or next week that you can look forward to with a totally. friend or something like that. Beautiful. So that you've got something mm. to kind of anchor you and give you a little bit of, of that light at the end of the tunnel. Cool. Because when, when everything feels so dark and heavy, mm. it's very difficult to step out from under that weight. And you have to have something on the calendar to look forward to. I like that. Yeah. And cool. it doesn't have to mean like, you know, spending a ton of money or booking a trip around the world. Like that, that simply isn't realistic for everyone. Mm. So you have to, to work within your means and figure out what is going to be possible for you and start to find some things that are going to excite you and light you up a little bit. Cool. Even if it's just a spark, 
at that. first. Yeah. Awesome. So that gave you some sense of momentum, almost like a platform to stand on, so you could start walking forward. Exactly. But now, as you start to walk forward, now that you've got your platform, what uh, what practical uh, actions did you take from there that allowed you to start progressing? I think, I think that it was largely about. I, the, realizing how much the anxiety had lifted was very eye-opening for me because that sort of led me down the path of figuring out, okay, what else have I been holding back? Yeah, and how can I start to move into a more true version of, of me? Mm. And that wasn't... It seems very abstract. And, and when we hear about this... <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a podcast episode um, coming up about how doing... Like, what the hell is doing the work? Yeah, <laughs> like, what does that totally, even mean? Totally. Do the work. What it's work? such an abstract concept. We're like, okay, where do we begin? And and mm. I don't think that there's one answer to this because it, it looks different for everyone. Totally. But I think that a big part of it is stepping a little bit outside of, of your comfort zone. And cool. someone said something to me recently that they were shocked that I was so completely cool with picking up and moving to the other side of the world mm. completely by myself I didn't know anybody and I was fine with it mm. and they were like you know when I got out of long term relationship I felt weird even going to a restaurant by myself totally and so if that's something that that somebody is dealing with if we're talking about getting out of a relationship or something like that I think learning to be more comfortable in your own company yeah. is going to be a really big part of healing because then you're going to to recognize that you're okay by yourself, mm. that you are a whole person without another human being. You're not a half of a whole. You I you are that. a whole. I love that, and it's almost being setting that as what I would even think is the number one intention. Yeah. Because um, I remember coming out of a um, my last sort of longer relationship, and this was maybe about eighteen months ago, and experience. Uh, maybe actually less than that um but experiencing a lot of loneliness um not in the first month in the first month it was like oh man or that like because i experienced a lot of jealousy and a lot of anxiety and but that was a reflection on what i was what insecure with mm -hmm. so she was a perfect mirror for me she's just she's just what i needed honestly but what um what it brought up for me was um a lot of stuff that literally like you said um it shone, shined light on a lot of stuff that i needed to work on uh but about, about a month later is when it started to weigh down on me of like oh like, it would be nice if I had someone else, you know, it would be nice yeah. if, uh, you know, I had someone to go to a restaurant or give me a massage or whatever, you know, um, or that we can, I can cook her a dinner or something like that. So that, that's, I started craving that a lot, but that was definitely out of a place of lack. It was out of a place of, I need someone, not, I would like someone. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a place, was out of a place of, um, I will be happy if, um, this would actually make me feel loved if right uh, rather than being like no i can feel loved just within myself as i am uh in my own company and i can give myself that and that's definitely something that uh i was that shined light on for me that i allowed to learn during that um post that experience so for you uh bringing about these lessons what would be maybe a highlight in terms of the lesson that shined for you coming out of this that you would like to share with people either going mm -hmm. through uh, a relationship that might be a struggle now, okay, and then maybe red flags are coming up, okay, boop, 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 yes. right, <laughs> or someone that's just gone through an experience like that. One thing is to trust yourself. Mm. You really need to trust yourself, and again, I'm still working on that because like, oh, that's a too. long time to be oh like, yeah, to to not have trusted 
when, when you can see now that your body and your, your mind were trying to tell you something and you kept ignoring it. Right. And the only way to fix that is to start by keeping really small promises to yourself first. Oh, yes. Talk to me about really this. small. So mm. things like, you know, cause I was struggling to keep a business going in the aftermath of all of this while dealing with the fallout and, and whatever. So I would get really annoyed with myself because I would say, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 and this task today. And then I wouldn't do them. And that was just contributing to my lack of self-trust in myself. Mm. So I had to start setting myself even a super small task that felt like nothing and commit to actually getting it done that day. Can you give me some examples? It could even just be something as simple as, you know, you're going to record a podcast episode today. Okay. So you have to actually record the podcast episode today. Mm. And you're going to, because I, I wasn't um, doing a very good job taking care of myself for the first, at least, especially the first couple of weeks, um, it was, you know, you're going to eat three meals today or like two meals today. You know, it, it's like, it sounds so basic or you're yeah. going to go for a walk. You're going to get yeah. some fresh air. But when you're in like the depths of depression, mm. that shit is hard. Oh, yeah. Like it's hard enough to even get out of bed, much less oh, even thinking about making totally. a meal or going outdoors. For me, it would be do not order Domino's today. <laughs> <laughs> not today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's things like that. Keeping those promises to yourself, no matter how small they seem, are going to lead into bigger promises. And that's going to start to rebuild some of that self-trust a little bit. Mm, I love that. And so when you started to notice these shifts, uh, of course, like you said, you started expanding those promises. Was there anything that sort of aligned along this path to uh, self-trust? Was there anything that stood out? Um, maybe another practical tool that you could offer around that? Um, when it comes to building up self-trust or even self-compassion in some sort of way? Um, I'm trying to think of like some specific things. In terms of self-compassion, I think mm. it's really important to remember that you, you can vary wildly on how you feel from day to day and that that's completely normal. Like you can take two steps forward and the next day you can be 22 steps behind and think, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> yeah. Like I had a great day yesterday. Totally. What happened overnight? I don't understand. My life is awesome. falling apart. What's going on? Y- you need to recognize that that's normal. And yeah. of course it's easy to say, but when you're in it, it doesn't, you know, it's harder to think totally. that way, but it, that is normal. Yeah. That's, that's part of the process. And sometimes it's almost good to have um, some people in your life that you can almost use as like measuring sticks. Mm. So I had a girlfriend who came up from Chicago to visit me in Canada, uh, just like a month and a half after all this first happened. And I was a wreck. I cried for probably almost the entire three days. Like I was just a disaster. And then she and I met up a few months later in Hawaii and she's like, you know, there were like a couple things that you were still sad about when we would actually talk about it. She's like, but you were a different human being. And yet there would still be days at that point where I was like, I still kind of feel like shit sometimes, you know, I I don't know how she's like, no, you are a different human than Mm. you were a few months ago. So sometimes you need people like that in your life who can kind of take a more bird's eye approach and see, see the things that you don't see in yourself because we're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. We're, We're so hard on ourselves. We're our own worst critics and we make it really difficult to, to give ourselves credit for any type of progression. Oh, massively. Yeah. And that's almost, uh, the, that creates meaning around progression, doesn't it? Is the yeah. acknowledgement of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Acknowledging the fact that you have come a long way. You have done the work, even though a lot of us don't even know what the hell mm. that means. Like doing the work. Mm. That's when you can see I have done the work. Totally. And um, do yeah. you have like sort of 
a a habit of of reflection that you integrate in some sort of way is there maybe or is there maybe a way that you that you go about it in terms of i think for me um when i first this was really early on this maybe like two or three weeks in i wrote a list of all of the types and i'm sure there are a lot more (laughs) but i wrote a long list of all of the potential triggers in my next relationship not because i want to be in a relationship or anything like that just i was thinking ahead going what are all the things that my intuition ignored Mm. well that my intuition was screaming at me about i ignored that i'm going to be triggered by next time because of what has happened right and i wrote that entire list out because i just wanted to see it in front of me in black and white to really take a close look at it and then later a couple months later a few months later i went back and looked at that list and i thought but a lot of those things are normal like they're they're normal things where and that was why i believed him so i don't want those things to become triggers and it's the meaning that we attach to something that makes it what it is that gives it its power so if i write down a list of triggers and i just decide that those are triggers of course i'm going to be triggered (laughs) there's no getting around it right but if you can look at it from a little bit more logical perspective later on once you can have a little bit more distance from it um it becomes much easier to look at that and go okay but those are actually normal behaviors those are normal things Mm. um yeah i might be triggered with that but whenever i go through that i'll work through that in real time Mm. and with my my future partner or whomever Mm. to figure that out totally yeah and that internalization of that um and that sense of ownership that you created is almost a great form of self-compassion on its own isn't it yeah yeah yeah, exactly like figuring out you know okay like acknowledging that i will be triggered is i think just the most important part oh yeah that's huge because we're all going to be triggered by certain things depending on our human experience like it's massively yeah yeah. and it's it's not that (laughs) internalization of of self-sabotage rather it's the internalization of self-compassion around it isn't it yes massively yeah um and in my eyes anyway and i i know know based off exactly what you said that you'd relate with this is that uh, the greatest form of self-compassion is almost the acknowledgement and acceptance of when I do go down a rabbit hole of, hey, it's okay. Not rather than, oh, damn, I'm falling down the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn you. You know, kick my head in the ground. And I had <laughs> to really remind myself of that sometimes yeah. because there would be times, like, especially as I would find out more and more details of mm. what had gone on, where I, I remember calling my mom and I'd be like, is this ever going to end? Mm. Like, I, I just, I feel like, I can never escape this. I feel like I can't escape him because I was not only living in our home by myself at that point, but our home surrounded by our things. And then when I found out that he not only had had the secret house down the street, but was secretly living there again now, (laughs) I'm like, I can't even walk down the street and and escape him. Right before I left for Bali, my best friend and I went for a walk. And because there was literally no other place to walk, walked by that house and i said to her i'm like you know in 10 or 20 years we're gonna look back on this and be like remember that super fucked up time where that dude that cheated in you for nine years was living 170 meters away in the i love that you know exactly 170 <laughs> meters is all yeah because yeah, i google mapped it that oh, the, yeah. the time i found out about it and mm. yeah mm. yeah just added to the shock mm. Mm. <laughs> by the way just a quick aside if anyone's ever lying to you you can often tell because they'll I actually came out with an entire podcast episode about oh, lying, yes. but when I confronted him about the house, I sat on it for a while, shockingly. 
there were some financial things. I didn't want to rock the boat too much. Um, but when I did end up coming out about it and confronted him, I said, you've had this house 107 meters away. Can you explain to me why this is a secret? And his response was 200 meters. I thought yeah, that's the relevant detail. And also you're mistaken, but you're trying to buy time so that you can come up with more lies. So a lot of times you can start to figure out sometimes when yeah. people are like lying to you, but those are the things so that I would have shoved beside, shoved aside before yeah, yeah. because my intuition would have been like, no, trust him. Yeah. Like he's done all these other things and yeah. Yeah. So really getting to know yourself on a deep level. Totally. Sometimes it takes a sick, pretty significant punch in the face. Too. Totally. But was that your intuition saying trust him or was that your intellect at that point in time, like trying to figure oh, out? That's an excellent yeah, yeah. question. Mm. I think that throughout the relationship, it was probably more intellect yeah than intuition because my intuition was right yourself wasn't yeah. You, yeah but my intellect was like no it's not possible mm. on a pros and cons list like he's doing all of these pros and then mm. there's this one little con there's no way that that's the thing totally so, so before you explain that yeah. can you maybe talk about what um what you know of as intellect and intuition so that people understand Oh, mm. uh, you asked the most interesting questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry, this is I think, no, yeah. I love it. I think that intellect is what we think should be true mm. in the cool. world. Love that definition. Yeah, and that intuition is what is actually yeah. our truth. I like that so much. Yeah, thank you. I think that that uh, I, I think that that's a really important distinction because we fall into the shoulds. Mm. Totally, we always do, right? Totally. It's it's almost human default. Yeah. So would you say that maybe some of the things that you've highlighted would allow people to shift more into their intuition so they can step more into their truth? I hope so. I, mm. I think that, and I'm sure that you talk about this a lot about, you know, like things like a therapist um, asked me once, where do you feel your anxiety? Mm. And no one had ever asked Good me question. that before. And I had to think about it for a minute and I realized it was my stomach, that yeah. my stomach was clenched. And now I can sort of tell that because the anxiety lifted and my stomach was no longer clenched all the time, now I can notice more hits, like intuition hits of if I meet someone that I'm not really, I don't get good vibes from, I can kind of feel it in my stomach. Yes. But when I was like shoving that all down and the anxiety was just sitting there, I couldn't feel that because I'd put up all these blocks yeah. that I couldn't actually even reach that point. But also the anxiety was so normal, it was already there. Exactly. It's like when people are inflamed because of gluten or lactose um, because they're over-consuming. Yes. When they have gluten, they're already inflamed so they don't feel the change. Whereas yeah. when someone uh, goes on an elimination diet for a week or something and allows their they got to heal a little bit and they eat gluten again. It's like, oh, yeah, they feel <laughs> awful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, again, it kind of mm. bring it back to we normalize whatever we know, mm. and we have to get very clear on what what are we actually making normal here. But mm. you don't know it a lot of times until you're past it. Mm-hmm. Until you can look back and go, oh, I felt that way, and now I feel this way, and here's the difference. Yeah. What are the differences between that, and how do we bridge that gap? Totally. How did I get there? Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I'll sort of start wrapping up this podcast, but I do want to shine a little bit more light on the authenticity and the vulnerability around um, creating that scope or that lens of looking at something that I might have normalized within myself. How would I go about constructing that for myself? If I've normalized something within me, uh, but, but because I've normalized it, it feels so normal for me. What do you think would be a great way to allow myself to bring that stuff up? something that I've normalized that is actually traumatic and holding me back. I think that asking yourself more questions. Good, cool. And 
something and the the hard the hard part is trying to figure out when to ask yourself more questions and like what questions to ask because we've made something normal we won't even necessarily think to ask those questions Mm. but i think just starting to question your entire like every all kinds of all kinds of behaviors Mm. and things that are part of your routine and things like that you can start to maybe shake that up a little bit Mm. and you're going to start to notice then that the questions start to come more naturally. Cool. So if you have like a really set routine, and I'm, I'm somebody who loves routine, I think that most humans thrive off of routine. Mm. But if something isn't working, then maybe you need to shift something. And it might not be until you shift a certain behavior or habit, and it could be something super small. Like, you know, maybe you go for a, a walk uh, every morning and then you get to work. Totally. Maybe you need to work first and then go for a walk. Like it could be something as, as simple as that that can end up starting to trigger some of those questions where you're like, where am I actually being productive? What's working for me? What isn't? How does this make me feel? Um, starting to, to check in with yourself. It's going to require you to ask yourself some of those questions, but you might not know what to ask until you change things in totally. some small way. Yeah. Totally. I like that. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I really want to highlight three things that uh, stood out for me uh, over this. And um, I want to dive into a little bit more before we wrap this up. Uh, one thing in particular Uh, that stood out was getting to enjoy your own company as a whole, not a half. Uh, Can you speak a little bit more on that Uh, and speak a little bit more on something that someone right now listening to this is going to take away and go start using it? Oh, um, in some ways I, I almost feel a little bit guilty because I feel like it comes a little bit more naturally to me because I'm an only child. Um, and I'm an introvert as well. So I feel but like at the same time, there, like there's benefits, but there's also parts where you might have struggled in terms of because you're the only child, you got that attention. But then as soon as you stepped out into school, into you know university, into work, you weren't getting that same level of attention because you're not the only person there, right? That's yeah, true. Yeah, so that's there would have been a struggle there. So yeah. I don't think that at all. I think that would have been even a bigger challenge. Okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah that's that's true. Mm. Yeah. So um, I I think that allowing yourself the space to be alone Mm. that's most important and alone without distraction Mm. because a lot of us can just sit back with netflix and chill yeah totally (laughs) and that's easy i'm so glad you talked about this that's the easy part (laughs) yeah that's not true alone time no that is not true alone time true alone time is like alone in silence and i would challenge people to take out your earbuds like when you're going for a walk, especially in nature, you can't fully appreciate nature if you have earbuds in. Yeah. I know you would agree with that for sure. Totally. Um, you, you don't get to hear the sounds. You don't get to have the awareness of what's going on around you. And then especially if you're listening to something like a podcast, listen, I'm podcast queen. I, I love I love when people listen to podcasts, but there's still time and place. Like I want people mm. to have alone time too, without music, without Netflix, without distraction. Um, and it's going to feel uncomfortable at times like that silence is almost going to be deafening and you're going to have to do it a few times to start to appreciate it mm. and that's also going to help you to tune in more with your intuition oh, because otherwise you can't hear what your body and mind are trying to tell you oh, because there's so much there's too much noise like yeah. we're surrounded by noise all the time both literal and metaphorical like information overload and cars honking and all mm. the things like you can't you can't tap into that until you release the attachment to it and allow the space for the silence. And you're going to start to be more comfortable with yourself and, and I think probably start to crave it. Even if you're an extrovert or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> totally. totally. 
massively yeah. and at the end of the day um even if i am an extrovert and i gain energy by being around people i can't truly go inward fully if i'm being distracted by yeah. that externalization in some sort of way i've got to fully be alone don't i in order to go fully inward. absolutely yeah, yeah. Um, i totally resonate with that and totally agree and actually what you just talked about is how i introduce people to meditation oh, i love <laughs> I it just yeah that. yeah and i Amazing. love that so <laughs> incredible so beautiful takeaway oh beautiful great. takeaway <laughs> really you. really cool um thank you for sharing that and the second thing that i uh, that really stood out for me was the idea of self-trust starting with small prom- promises and progressing into bigger ones uh, what's maybe a good amount of uh, little promises someone can start with at the start maybe is it just one or do you recommend doing a little task sheet uh, what do you recommend in terms of initiating a, a practical I standpoint think, around that I think it depends on the person in terms of how much structure they function best with um, so some people might prefer you know that little to-do list where you can mm. have the satisfying little check at the end of the day I'm a big fan. Uh, but other times it's going to be too much structure for people. Yeah. So maybe they, you know, write it down as a thought in their journal. Maybe they just literally think it. Cool. And they're like, okay, this is my mental commitment to myself and I'm going to do this thing. Um, and I, yeah, I think that something else to, that's important to acknowledge with that is that even if you have a day where you don't keep your promise to yourself, that that's also still just being human Mm. so don't think that if you don't keep your promise to yourself every single day rigidly that you can no longer trust yourself that's still part of the process that that ties in with you know you're gonna have a good day and then you're gonna have a bad day and then you're gonna have an even worse day and then you might have a slightly better day like it's still gonna just be all over the map yeah totally Totally. Yeah. So it is very individual, right? And so it's almost like a trial and error of like, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That felt good. Okay. No, okay. I'm getting my tasks done. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a little celebration. Yeah. And yeah. like, don't get too sucked down the rabbit hole of like, I'm very Type A, so I can, I can start to only thrive on that. Like, yeah. if I didn't get anything done today, I'm a failure. Yeah. And like, really absorb that. So it it is a fine line, and I think it really depends on on your personality type how far you need to take it yeah but that's why i recommend keeping the promises quite simple mm. like don't necessarily attach all those all those promises to yourself on things related to productivity or work or something you need to do you know like make it self-care stuff mm. or have a meal with a friend or take the dog for a walk or snuggle your pet like snuggle bubbles yeah right? like i'll snuggle it <laughs> yeah it's, it's things like that i don't i don't want people to to take that to mean that it, it should only be related to because we can all get too attached to like t- attaching self-worth to work oh yeah and yeah we, it's a Especially fine line if i'm we trying to, to escape something right exactly yeah, yeah, i'll just keep busy <laughs> very easy to keep busy as opposed to just doing things yeah totally. doing other things totally uh, and then the final thing that really stood out for me is the normalization around uh around the fact that it is okay to experience these things that it is okay to feel anxious that it is okay to fluctuate with hormones that it is okay to have irregular periods that it is okay to go through this stuff so what is maybe something that would allow for people to become more okay with it is it listening to these podcasts and listening to more conversations around that or is it maybe uh something that you might do with journaling or what what is it for you that allows people to normalize that and internally I think it's kind of like both of those those mm. things that you mentioned just like talking to people you know I, I'll tell people the entire reason why I came out with my story was because I felt so alone in that mm. period even though you know, I knew like a couple people that had been cheated on kind of but nothing like what I was experiencing nothing not the mm. length of time not um, the, the depths that had been going on like the secrets nothing like that and so I felt like I couldn't relate to anybody and it was very isolating. It was very 
it was a very lonely place to be. And I, I thought, you know, infidelity is very common, yeah. <laughs> but we don't talk about it yeah. because it's a very taboo topic. And I thought if I can come forward with my story that is no different than most people's stories of infidelity, it just yeah. happens to have a few extra dramatics attached to it. Yeah. And I can show people that I, I have gotten through this. I, it happened to me and I worked through it. I'm still working through it. Yeah. Um, nice. Then hopefully they can too. <laughs> yeah. 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 To, to just give somebody a little ounce of hope when they need it on a dark day. And so I think that, that talking about it, um, but also still being protective of your own heart. Yeah. Because there were a lot of people in my life that I didn't even tell anything was happening yeah. because that was going to require more of an energy output right than I could even handle okay like especially again because of the dramatics they were going to freak out and this happened several times then I was going to have to spend all my energy managing their reaction yeah as opposed to getting comfort from them for myself okay so it's almost like finding key people yeah, yeah yeah just like finding those really key people in your life and if you don't maybe feel like you have someone the internet's a beautiful place sometimes like you can reach out to people who have had these types of experiences. You can hire a coach or a mentor. Um, you can do those types of things to connect with people that are going to make you feel a little bit less mm. alone and lonely. Rather um, than blurting it out on a Facebook yeah. post. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. No, I've got all these reactions to manage. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, I get the attention of what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this, and that kind of goes back to the line between mm. public and private. Totally. Like, no, you have to kind of figure that out for yourself. It's going to yeah. look different for everybody. Um, a lot of times people will think that they know everything that happened. I'm like, oh, there's a whole lot I haven't talked about publicly. You're getting the mm. the base level story of what happened, but that's all I need to talk about because the other details are irrelevant. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't change the story, no. particularly it doesn't change the outcome. Um, Would you say it's more of an ego thing if you were exactly to yeah. exactly? Yeah. And I, I've had I've had people interview me a couple times where they've asked questions where it's very much like just seeking for the juicy details, right, and and it's so easy to hear that difference. Yeah. But all of us sometimes will sit on the edge of our seats, like you know that's human because it's part of the story. It's like totally. oh, what yeah. what else did did he do? What yeah. else happened? But it doesn't matter. Mm. Like I I only I was very particular. I only shared. And only continue to share the details that uh, are necessary yeah. to the point of the story. I respect that a lot. And Thank I respect you. you a lot. Thank you. I really do. Thank yeah. you. I really appreciate um, that. And especially after the story, I'm sure many people listening would respect you a lot, especially for coming through it and staying so true. And also, from what I know, is Emily actually asked consent to talk about this stuff, didn't I you? did, multiple yeah. times. Yeah, it's, and that's incredible. Yeah, his... Uh, he was not in a great state when yeah. I left the country. Mm. Um, and I, I need to make sure he would be okay because yeah. you know, I, I, I spent nine years with this man. I will still always have a, a soft spot oh, for him. Totally. People will say to me, you know, like I would hate him. I'm so angry with him. Like, yeah, of course, like there, it, there have been times where I've been really angry with him. And, and to some degree I can certainly still kind of call up that anger if I want mm. to. Um, but it's not constructive. And I think that, I have mixed feelings about that saying hurt people hurt people because I'm like okay but hurt people also have to take responsibility for their actions yeah. <laughs> but um, I had multiple conversations with him he knew from the very beginning that I was going to go public with it we talked about it so many times over the months that we were working together on our house and even right up until I left I was like listen this is happening sooner rather than later are you going to be okay he's like yeah I'll be fine I can deal with it okay, okay. yeah so full consent beautiful yeah beautiful yeah and not everybody will have that consent, and that doesn't mean that you can't 
talk about your story. Totally. Just still be protective of privacy. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's stepping into your own integrity, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Being yeah. able to hold that. Yeah. So coming out the other end of this uh, conversation, so I just want to say thank you so much. You've been absolutely incredible. Oh my gosh, uh, thank you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, like, like I said, when I really sat down with you, uh, just even at the cafe when we uh, had our little conversation, it was I, I honestly ended, uh, left the conversation feeling energized and inspired. Oh, I, I, I genuinely mean that. It's not something I'm trying to blow smoke up your ass. Now. <laughs> um, and yes, it's an expression, blow smoke up the ass. I just uh, I hear this more and more the more New Zealand and Australian friends I get. Because uh, I've forgotten this, right? All these expressions. Now, somewhat, uh, is there anything else you'd like to leave? Anyone that might be going through those red flags, going through that anxiety in a relationship or going through anxiety post uh, some traumatic experience. Is there anything like maybe a little message, maybe a, like one last tool, tip, whatever? What is one thing that you want to leave people with that has really stood out for you over this? You're stronger than you think. Yeah. You're far stronger than you think. Mm. And you won't know how strong you are until you're presented with an experience that you have to move through regardless. And you will build self-trust, if we're bringing back to self-trust, you will build that self-trust by making it through to the other side of that experience. You go, holy fuck, I just lived through that? What else have you got? Throw it at me. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. And let me tell you, if you've lived up until now, you've already faced all that stuff that you've um, gone yeah. through, whatever it is. So, I mean, whatever you're facing right now, is uh, you've got it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, so, where can people find you? Uh, over at the Room to Grow podcast. Uh, you can find me over Please at Emily Please go Gun. check it out. <laughs> yeah. And you're coming on my podcast as yes. well, so I'm very excited. Yes. Um, yeah, over at the Room to Grow podcast mm. and Emily Goff Coach on Instagram um, and emilygoffcoaching.com. Yeah, Beautiful. all I'll the things. All the details in the notes below so you guys can check it out. <laughs> uh, now, I want to finish this and wrap this up with a very broad question that is very individual based off the um, based off the person's experience of life so far. So that's why I love these questions. All right. <laughs> What lights you up? Being, showing up as my genuine self and seeing other people do the same. Beautiful. Too many of us live behind our masks, yeah. especially in the age of social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. You're incredible. <laughs> really. Oh my gosh, truly. thank you. <laughs> yeah. And just so you guys know, she always, like literally about 90 to 95% of this entire interview, you've had a massive smile on your face. <laughs> That's great. Um, but as you can hear, the laugh is just, it's true, it's authentic, it's vulnerable, uh, and it clearly shows that she's she's done the work. So I encourage you guys to head over, learn what you can from this amazing woman, uh, and start to apply things in a practical way. And this is why I'm so intentional about creating practicality around these podcasts rather than just giving you something to think on or something uh, a new perspective because at the end of the day shifting perspective didn't change what i felt inside of myself yeah yeah it was actually yeah. doing the work um and that's what yeah, you find that abstract yeah, doing exactly, the work doing i know work, but actually internalizing <laughs> that taking things. out the distractions and actually focusing intentionally on i'm going to spend time with me i'm going to work on my self-trust using these tools i'm going to learn to normalize these aspects of myself that i feel that abnormal right it's those key things so yeah without further ado um i just want to say one more thank you and please uh i really really encourage you even if you aren't going through relationship troubles or have been through um which i don't know any human that has yeah exactly (laughs) but even if that wasn't the case even if you're a freaking alien that just landed on this earth okay and you've never been in a relationship then there are so many 
beautiful aspects that you can le- um, learn from this woman in terms of progression, uh, self-help and uh, personal growth overall. Oh, so Thank yeah. you so much, Karen. Can I just say you were like one of the most pure, beautiful souls I think I've ever met. And sometimes I'm like, is he human? Is he real? Like, I didn't know that people like you existed. So I just need to say that before we wrap up. I need your people to understand how special you are and how special they are, how special it is that they're able to listen to you and to tune in to to hear you and to get to know you a little bit better. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. You're, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm seriously. I'm like blown away by that. That's incredible. Oh, man. What a way to finish this podcast. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. It's not the coffee either because, like, I, I don't know if you realize. You didn't even really drink it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, good. Yeah. I, was, um, I was still, like, opening myself up from that nap afterwards. So I was still, like, easing into this podcast, but we got there in the end. Oh, but, man, that was a great way to finish. I'm energized. I'm ready to go. So... Uh, that's the end okay please go uh, subscribe to this podcast and also to Room to Grow of course <laughs> uh, of course we're going to have more incredible guests coming on uh, I do have a Instagram Coach Kezza K-E-Z-Z-A okay uh, link below and you can tune into any awesome Instagram TV uh, videos and finally there's also the Pocket Coach Bites that's been released which is little small snippets of 5 to 10 minute podcast so you can go check that out if you're just going on a little five minute run i hope it's longer than that okay (laughs) (laughs) or whatever you might be doing all right much love guys and remember stay blessed and i heal me hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. And honestly, this has absolutely been my favorite interview that, that I have ever been interviewed for ever. And I got a, a ton out of it and, and learned a huge amount from Kieran. And I hope that you were able to uh, pull some lessons from it as well, because that's why I come forward with my story. That's always my intention whenever I'm sharing. So thank you so much for listening and we'll be back soon. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I'm so grateful you took the time and it means the absolute world to me. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me on Instagram over at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday and Thursday with brand new episodes and I'm looking forward to growing with you. Mm-hmm.